When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which the upcoming match is being played. We would also like to pay our respects to elders past and present. It's about to blow your mind. It's coming round like a shockwave. This is what we came for. Ten goals in a game is a glorious feat. And for the first time, Charlie Curnow achieves it and prompts delirium around Marvel. Breaking around the board. To AFL Nation. The finals push four weeks of eliminators and qualifiers to make sure you've got a place on the grids when it really matters. A set of matches that will determine the shape of things come September, and it begins under the roof at Marvel this Friday night. As the Bulldogs are in eighth place and will feel like they've had every opportunity to be higher. They're just two points clear of the Tigers, who are in 11th. And you would say it was now or never for Richmond, except they left a couple of their now or never players out. (laughs) So maybe there is another day. The maths plays a big role from here. You've just got to win to keep control of your own fate. AFL Nation for Elders. When listing your property, think Elders Real Estate. And for tyre power, four for three on selected Kumo tyres. Jared Waitley with you. Jared Healy is with me. Hello to you, Jared. G'day, Jared. I think it is now and ever, and I think in some respects for both sides. If the Bulldogs can't win this game, particularly after the sting of last week, then they may sneak into the eight, but uh, they're having no genuine crack at the flag this time. I don't think there'll be a fairy tale. If they can't get their, their A-grade game going at this stage, then it's, it's going to be very hard to see it happening uh, over the next uh, two to three weeks. I've admired what Richmond have done since the new since McCulloch took over. I think he's been superb. Courageous decision to not uh, play Dusty. I think there's a lot more footy left in Dusty. Not so much for Trent, but uh, it's a five-day break. Maybe he's uh, a little bit sore or carrying an injury. So fair, it may have been pushed on them, but uh, it's a big out. It's a really big out. But they play a system. They've been playing that system since 2017, and uh, they will still challenge. And, and uh, that's why I think it'll be a competitive game. Bulldogs legend Brad Johnson is by your side. Hello, Jono. Good evening, Jared. Good evening, uh, Jared, as well. It's a, yeah, it's a fascinating game tonight. I, I kind of sit there and I go, I look at Melbourne, and I have looked at Melbourne closely over the last couple of weeks, and some of the positional changes that they've made that have been so positive with a bit of a spark to the way they play. The Bulldogs in the midfield in particular, it's the one way, and it's the players in there, it's up to them or no one else. 
Have the Bulldogs got the ability to actually throw something a little bit different at the opposition, the opposition coaches, get them thinking earlier in the game, add a spark in there that no one expects that could have a positive effect on the game. I go to Cody Waitman straight away because I'm yep. thinking of Pickett from, from Melbourne. But for the Bulldogs, can they produce something over the next three weeks of footy? They have to win the next three. We, are, we all know that. But can there be something in there that they uncover that can actually provide a spark come and something different leading into the finals? Well, they've certainly got to add some other ways to score outside of stoppage. I mean, you take mm. the stoppage away from them and uh, they're back to the pack. But the thing I love about you, Jono, and I've always loved about you, you embrace every element of the Bulldogs. Now, it's retro round today, and you've ta- turned up in your old jumper, your shorts, you've got a scarf on, Jono. That is just dedication to the cause. I know you've got your old duffel coat from uh, way back when just to keep you a little bit warm, but, uh, gee, what a way to celebrate retro, retro round. Six weeks ago, you were named the eighth legend, and today... You're just uh, on board with uh, all the retro guard. Fantastic I can't let it from go. You. I can't let it go, can I, Jared? <laughs> so the Diamond Dogs, yes. this takes us back to right at the start of your journey. 95, 96 is the, uh, is, is the Diamond Dog. And, yeah, it was, um, it was a little bit of a shift in, at that point in, in regards to the, um, you know, the old look, the traditional look that the Bulldogs had for, for many years, something new in. And then, obviously, the change of name and the, and the change of logo evolved. Uh, from that in 97, end of 96 into 97 when, when Smorgo and the, and the board made that decision as a club to go to the Western Bulldogs and trade as the Footscray Footy Club. So that was a significant shift in the history of, of the Bulldogs and that's why this, uh, this jumper means a lot to, to so many. All right, so it's year of the dogs vintage. Yes, it is, 96. It. And, and not terribly many wins. No, yes. 96, there was only a couple. We could beat Fitzroy only, I think, in, in that year. But that's how quickly things can change in footy because if we hadn't done another year of, of that doco, it would have gone from disaster to coach change to starting preseason in October to losing our first preseason games and then all of a sudden, bang, yeah. uh, away we go and you know, we lose a prelim by a point. Um, so how quickly things can, can shift with the way you are coached, the way you are mentally set up to play and believe that you are actually good enough coming off the back of a what was 96 a disastrous season if we had have had the arc back when that ball <laughs> traveled over the post i hate talking about this would you have played in a grand final <laughs> yes you would have i was in the goal square and yeah. i've said it the whole way along my viewpoint was that it was a goal the goal umpire's viewpoint that he said it went over the over the top of the post so that's the reality i i've never seen liber celebrate yeah. the way that he yeah. has ever in his time unless it was Meant and unless it was was yeah. accurate, and he he celebrated. He jumped in the arms of Monty and one other, I think it was, yeah. and and celebrated that it, it had gone through. But when we look back at it, you know, we kicked six points in that last quarter against yeah. the Adelaide Crows in that in that prelim final. So really, that is on us as a playing group that we just didn't nail that one opportunity. Mm. Dwayne Russell, good evening. Can't beat an eight-point game, Jared, and that's what this is tonight, as you mentioned. And uh, there's a few teams just outside the eight that could grab eight spot. Richmond could grab it tonight. Sydney could grab it on the weekend. Geelong could grab it on the weekend. They're all stamping at the heel. Well, Essendon could, oh, sorry, Adelaide could actually, in theory, grab it if a few above them end up losing. So, yeah, it's a great round of footy. It's an exciting time to be a footy broadcaster right now with the whips cracking as we head down the straight. <laughs> so just the Diamond Dogs, for those people listening in Radio Land that don't understand, it's the logo on the, it's the, the way the... Jumper's designed with a big diamond on the front. Yes, that's right. It's got it's got the big bulldog 
Yep. In the middle. In the middle of a diamond. In the middle of a diamond. Yes. Absolutely. Spot on, Dwayne. And uh, what a time. If the doco was following you around, Jono, you would have just given that little bit extra in prelim final week and you might have actually got <laughs> over the line. The cameras <laughs> you reckon that might you. have been the difference? Yeah, it might have been. Given <laughs> that every you're coach... Jono Costum. Hey? Well, Jono Costum. Jono Costum. Did you say no I cameras? Didn't play that. I didn't play that well, actually, oh. in that last Yeah, but quarter. you would have if you knew the cameras were in the locker room beforehand. <laughs> Would have inspired you Three all. Three quarter time huddle. Yes, we exactly. would have got a we would have got an EJ Witten style. Oh. Uh, no, actually, that's a good you point. Reckon. You couldn't have docos do three quarter times back then because three to- quarter times have mellowed a bit since then. <laughs> this great squeeze we have before us. It's not just if you're a fan of any of these teams from what fifth through fourteenth. Mm. It's not just your own. You're trying to work out what's a better result for us here if we're going to win tomorrow and. So maybe let the Bulldogs get away and mm. just make sure Richmond don't raise the bar by two points. Mm. It's, it's so fascinating. There's five games this weekend that are all stitched together. And all the way to the top end because, well, Collingwood, you know, they'll, they'll finish top. But Port Adelaide, no guarantee to finish second. And there's a big difference between playing a, a home final at the Adelaide Overlock and going to play a home, a home final against Brisbane at the Gabba. I mean, the Lions are almost unbeatable at the Gabba. But for the Lions, they can't win that well away from home either. So... Yeah, that's the that's the essence of that. Melbourne can also finish second, and if we get Melbourne hosting a home final first week and Collingwood hosting a fi- final first week, then they're in the box seat to play each other in a grand final. Which uh, can we only fit a hundred thousand in there? Yes, that'd be imagine that mm. Melbourne Collingwood grand final. I mean, it, it'll fill up and it'll be great, whatever grand final we get. But uh, you can you're a history buff. I shouldn't ask a question I don't know the answer to, but I don't know when the last time Collingwood Melbourne played in grand final. Presume it's a while. I presume it's the fi- the stretch in the fifties, isn't it? Mm. Where they played multiple yeah. grand finals. Yep. His dad used to say to me, uh, he just when he was growing up, he just thought when Collingwood and Melbourne played, it was the grand final. Right. He just thought, <laughs> oh, well, that, that's the grand final. So that's how often it, it yep. happened in those days. So this feels like a historic squeeze, doesn't it? Like this feels yep. like one. Of, mm. I know last season was a great season mm. late. Um, and this absolutely has the capacity to trump that. It does. I've been asking myself about uh, the um, play-in round. What, what do you call it, Dwayne? The Let's card? not call it the wild card round. Okay. Well, Let's call it two call extra it? elimination finals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and if that was the case right now, would the squeeze be as, as entertaining? It, it, well, I would argue that it so. would. Okay. Because, so if you're going to run the exercise properly, you have to do the top six and rule a line. Yep. And then the next four and rule another line. So if you're seventh and eighth, you're desperately Mm. trying to get over the next Mm. bar to get to fifth or sixth. And if you're 14th, you're desperately trying to clear the bar to grab one of nine or ten. So if you're in it, you're trying to get out of it. And if you're out of it, you're desperately trying to get in it. So what you're saying is sixth becomes more important under that system than it is currently. And it would keep Fremantle alive. Well, Fremantle's win last week at Geelong would actually keep them alive in the race to... Actually made the playoffs. It would be a huge penalty for the team that winds up in seventh when yeah, the music stops. So yeah. I think it actually lifts the standard. It doesn't lower it one bit. And that in that battle, when you've got Geelong on 38, Sydney on 38, Richmond on 38, Adelaide 36, Essendon 36, Gold Coast 36, all sitting outside the eight mm. at the moment. But I can what hear the people do saying do... we don't need it. We're, but the same people said that when we went from a four to a five. We don't need an extra team. If you can't make the top four, you shouldn't be in. Yeah. Then we went from a five to a six. Hey, if you can't make the top five, we don't want you just rewarding your mediocrity from six. And they said the same thing when we went to an eight. So uh, I, I, I'm for it. But anyway, we can argue that another time. It, uh, we won't be hearing whether Benny Gale's for it or not because he's not taking that job. He's not going to take it? No. 
for him reported in the age right in the last hour that Brendan Gale doesn't want that job. Yeah, that was uh, pretty strong, I reckon, over the last couple of weeks that uh, he'd finally been telling people that uh, it's not for him. But uh, it does make accuracy so important. Underrated in our game, accuracy, not just at the time, but also at the end, because percentage may well determine a couple of spots, either the blokes that have, the sides that have drawn, the percentage between them, or uh, those that haven't drawn, definitely the percentage between them. Well, you saw that last week in Ballarat. The dogs kicked, what, four goals, ten? Yep. And they left themselves vulnerable all day they did. for the big comeback. That's right. There's, they're eight goals up they don't get. 16, 16 scoring shots to eight, I think it was, I knew at, you'd remember. at one point. Mm. And that was that was the difference in, in the game. Might have been less than that from, from GWS, actually. That was their whole season, the Bulldogs. It was. Loom and stumble. Loom yeah. and stumble. Yep. Mm. It's been quite extraordinary. And, uh, I mean, the Bont was... Bont's had a fantastic season. But he actually, actually characterised the Dogs for the first time in uh, a long time in that he... Was BOG by a mile a quarter time, and uh, then Ward went on to him and uh, made him a. It was almost kryptonite. It's a good point you make because Dale had season best numbers, career best yeah. numbers, and then you've got Trelaw with big numbers, English Libba. with big numbers, Libba with big numbers. All of us, you, you're going. But then, so you had five or six with with really strong thirty plus sort of numbers in yep. English with what he did. But then the drop off becomes significant from that, and there were some players that that didn't have an impact. Uh, that had been, quite, had been quite good. Now, Caleb Daniel was, was one that was flat last week. You got both, Smith both, was pretty average yeah, last week. Yeah, he had still had 22, but yeah, he was down. And then you had both key forwards didn't have an impact in the game whatsoever. Normally, at least one had um, you know, hit the scoreboard uh, with multiple goals. I think what they'll learn from last week is that English needs a rest. When the two key defenders mm. went down, they didn't really give him much of a rest at all. And he blew up in the last quarter. Yep. He, he had no influence whatsoever, and Kieran Briggs was the reverse. He slowly... He was horrible in the first half. He was okay in the third quarter, and in the last quarter, he just dominated and got the ball going their way more so than uh, the most. So it's on Rory Lobb. Rory Lobb is yeah. the one that... You're never going to play Jordan Sweet, are you? No. You've named him emergency 55 <laughs> times. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I, and I watched Jordan a couple of weeks ago against... in the He played for the Dogs against the Swans Reserves, mm. and he was up against Hickey. And Laddams. What's he and, still doing at the and, Dogs? And played really well. Was one of the been the best couple on, on the ground against two experienced Ruckman for, that have been around the, the system Surely for, for he goes to another club next year. Well, possibly. Possibly. But it's whether they... It's the land of the Giants. And they're not even the Giants. Well, it is. And, it, and that's why it comes back to Rory. Rory Lobb's next month for the Bulldogs is as big a month on a recruit that mm. the Bulldogs have seen for some time with the high price that he comes in with and what he has produced this year. This this is it. This is it. It's time for Rory Lobb to really stand up for the for the Bulldogs and help Timmy English out in the ruck when it's needed, and then also show some competitiveness down forward to assist in the air when Norton and Eugle Hagen aren't uh, aren't getting amongst it. Yep. Yeah. I'm interested in what what you said around what Melbourne's doing and what the Bulldogs just aren't doing for the moment. Mm. Now, maybe they haven't had the luxury of it because they keep having to change. Like they lose their whole defence out of last week and. They get Jones back, which is just as well, but they lose their three tools from last week and they've been flipping them around anyway. Is that for Either by design or by accident, they can't quite get the stability that they're looking for. Th- well, when you, or well, maybe I, he doesn't look for stability, so that might not be right, but they, no, but they can't get stability. I, I go to the midfield starting three and you could pick them for the Bulldogs straight away and it's Bontempelli, Trelaw, Liberatore. So I go, okay, well, that's, that's a good three. Don't get me wrong. But when... You look at Melbourne and they put Petrarca to 
that uh, full forward to start, and then they back in a picket to come in for a bit of a spark to start, and then they then their rotation start from there. It's only for one or two centre bounces early on, but it could add a different dynamic to the individual player, like a Waitman or a Vandermeer who's got genuine speed, or a Riley West, for example, who who I think has got some genuine stoppage ability that isn't utilised. Or a Bailey Smith. Or a Bailey Smith. So the the different look first could actually assist players to get into the game because I've got no problem with with Trelaw getting into the game if starting forward or yeah. or and and coming into the contest. Jackson McRae's been great at that this year. He's been out of the centre yeah, bounce a fair bit, but still you know been quite significant in his output for for the Bulldogs. So that's where it probably sits. Jared, just different looks to, to allow players to get into the game and, and get themselves going and, and feel a bit more energised rather than waiting for things to, to fall their way down forward, potentially. Well, it's interesting that the Tigers have uh, picked two ruckmen. They don't often do that, but uh, Ivan Soldo, who was second highest rated player on the ground last week up yep. against Max Gorn, he was beaten by Max, but uh, he was pretty good himself. Yep. He stays in the side and the big nank is back. So how is that are they going to... If that be, is that because if you beat the Dogs, clearance for you beat the Dogs? I'm not sure what what it is for, Dwayne, but uh, clearly, if you beat the dogs at clearance, you've uh, you've it's you've the, uh, handicapped their number one asset. But it's the best looking Bulldogs defence in some time when you when you've got all of a sudden Liam Jones back, Johannesson, Richards, and Dale yep. all back in that mix. Yep, it adds a fair bit. the The only sticking point is possibly an O'Donnell playing as that next big because, and that's where Richmond could try and stretch tonight because of, of Gardner being out of the side along with Bruce and, and Keith. Johannesson and Richards were having such a good year together. They were. They? And then, um, was it consecutive weeks or within two weeks of each other, they both did they both did injuries, which yes. just kept them out and Hammy. disrupted all of that. And that's the, and that, and you're spot on there, Jared. And then you, and I think that then had a, a flow on effect to, a Bailey Williams and a and a Daniel and Dale wasn't as as steady because he he'd lost his two uh, counterparts that uh, that he relied on his two teammates I should say that he relied on so heavily so that he could play the game that he wanted to um, from from that position so the stability it'll take a couple of weeks to get him back up and going and, and in full flight but it's not a bad time to get them back either. The set of grand finals, Dwayne, Collingwood and Melbourne, they played five of ten between 1955 and 1964. Wow. 55, 56, 58, 60 and 64. <laughs> so you can imagine what it would be like. They sit them inside the fence back in those days. Yeah. Oh, they would have for sure. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Book a test drive today. Visit hyundai.com.au or your local showroom. We're inside the Bulldogs camp here with midfield coach Brendan Lade. Brendan, great to have you on AFL Nation. Thanks for having me, guys. It feels like the big push here with four to go. Is that your sense of it? Yeah, it's got it pretty tight there in that, uh, what, five to 12 bracket at the moment. So, yeah, we're looking forward for a good performance tonight and um, hopefully we put four quarters together because we haven't done it for a while. Ladies, is this something you have to drive as a, as a coaching group or is it just a given that the players understand the, the situation and the enormity of tonight's game? Yeah, they understand. It's, um, you know, one of those games where it's right on the edge and, We've probably played, you know, two quarters here and there. We matched it with the played some really good football against the best sides, but we just can't seem to put it together for four quarters. But they've driven a lot this week. We've done a lot of um, training around what Richmond do and trying to stop that, and also a bit, a bit about what we're trying to do as well. Brendan, how did you digest last week's second half? Uh, yeah, it was it was a game of two halves, um, that's for sure. But uh, I think GWS just got some easy ball inside their forward fifty and were able to convert easier than we were. Um, the first half, we moved the ball really well and defended really well. Kept the ball in our half a lot. Um, they had a few little tweaks they did. They got their high forwards up a lot higher and 
Um, you know, got our backs out the back a little bit on a few times. So that's something we have looked at this week. And Richmond are a team that spreads the, to width really hard and quick. So it's something we've practised all week. Lady, when you look at the, the midfield, we're just having a discussion then about what Melbourne have done and, and the, the changes with Pickett coming in early on and Petrarca stepping out. And, and with the stars that the Bulldogs have in the, in the midfield, yourself, do you, do you have any thought process around a Cody Waitman, for example, jumping in early to get him into the contest a little bit more and maybe offer the opposition something a little bit different? Yeah, we, we did it all pre-season. Then Cody missed probably about four or five weeks with a, with a groin and um, we probably put it away. So... It's something we haven't talked about for a little while, but it is something we have practised. So he can go in there and, and give us a little burst. But generally, that hasn't been our problem, our clearances in our contest. So um, it's been sort of a bit of our transition both ways and something we're looking to fix and always improve. So how do you go about uh, that? The numbers tell us that uh, both sides of the ball, your transition game is your weakness. Yeah, it's... Um, as I said before, we're working on it every week. Um, you know, we're trying to score easier goals and we seem to be marking a lot and kicking kicking goals from them and we'd love to get some open play goals and some, you know, ones from the goal square like Richmond do. Um, and on the flip side of that, defensively, you know, we defended really well the first probably 14, 15 weeks of the year and the last four or five weeks we just we just lapsed a little bit and that's, that's around our pressure around the ball and uh, not containing and not having enough heat on uh, Oppo exiting and not making it easy for our defenders and... Um, you know, tonight we get Liam Jones and, and Ed Richards back, who are you know two of our best interceptors. So hopefully that uh, that helps as well. Are you looking to go quick off the back line if there's a possibility, or is it is it more cautious? No, we want to go fast if there's an option. We don't want to force it, um, obviously, but if there's definitely an option there, we want to get going. Um, we have talked about you know maybe accessing you know they call it the defensive bubble, but maybe accessing the back of the you know the oppo's defensive bubble in the front of our offensive bubble to. Hopefully, get some better looks at the game, and um, that means just speeding the play up in the middle of uh, in the middle of it all. What did you make it last week with the Tigers, lady, and, and their effort against the against the D's? Yeah, if you look at the stats, it was a massive front half game, both teams. I think out of Richmond's 15 goals, 12 were kicked from their front half. So, um, and on the flip side, uh, Melbourne kicked a heap as well. So. Um, Richmond struggle to get the ball out of their D50. They're defending massively at the moment, a heap of inside 50s and not giving up many scores. If we can get enough pressure down our forward line, we think we'll get some good front half looks. And when you look at the, when you look over the, the last couple of weeks as, as as well, lady, just the fluctuations, the the up and down is is it is it coming is it because of the the group and the and I suppose the gap in the group in some ways. You've got the top end, which is the elite leaders, and then there's a little gap towards the. The, the bottom end? Is, the, is it a coaching directive that assists in quarter to try and change the fortunes or are you relying on the leaders to get that done out there? Well, Bevo taught, that about, taught you that about the leaders uh, during the week, so hopefully they take control, but just from our from a midfield point of view for you guys, we, we're going to reset every quarter and just refocus on what we need to do and um, you know maybe we worry about at times too much what the oppo's doing and we just need to concentrate a bit more on us, so We'll really be going after what we do tonight and um, and resetting it every quarter and hopefully getting a great look either, either way. And what about your move, lady, to the to the dogs? You, have you enjoyed it? You enjoy coaching from the bench as well? Yeah, I love it. I'm probably the right personality to have on a bench. I'm not uh, <laughs> overly emotional like some people can get, but uh, look, no, I've loved it. It's been it's been great coming down the Witten Oval and uh, be even better when the facility's all finished and we uh, can get in there. Can I ask you about Oscar Baker? I thought it was a really clever pickup. He's started the season so well, and yet he's he's lost his spot. Yeah, it's been um, 
up and down year for Oscar. Like you said, it was a good pick-up for us, and he's shown some really good signs in a few games. Uh, it's just the lapses he have in the game, and it's, it's probably uh, quite stark from the good to bad. So we need to close that gap for Oscar and make it make it easier for him and be real clear with what, he's, what we're after from him, and hopefully we get a good response because he's definitely got something to add to AFL football with his speed and his use, and hopefully we can get that back uh, later in the year. Timmy English last week, you know, he's in the best two or three players on the ground at halftime and not bad at three-quarter time, and yet he blew up. And uh, his man came over the top of him. He, as an ex-ruckman yourself, is there ways that you can conserve some energy? I mean, is, does Lob have to go in and do some more? Do you have to give him a bit more of a spell earlier in the game? Yeah, we don't hate making excuses, but we did lose two key defenders yep, last week, and uh, and Lobby had to go back, so we we had to ruck Tim um, the whole second half nearly, and we did that against Sydney as well, and he did really well, so. Yeah, it's uh, horses for courses a little bit there because uh, against Sydney we thought he was quite good in the second half and he did fade in that last quarter against Briggs, we thought. So um, that's a big challenge for Tim. He's, he's in really good form still. He's getting a lot of hit-outs to advantage and, yep. and have an impact around the ground. So you're right, we need him to change a little bit more with Lobby at times as well. Do you change any key defenders tonight? Obviously, Liam Jones coming back, uh, lady, but do you go with a, a, a lob again or are you just backing, you know, Donald to play that second tall? Yeah, Jimmy O'Donnell will play the second tall, and we'll, we'll go a little bit smaller and be more hybrid down there tonight. So um, Richmond are a bit like that as well. If they play their two rucks down there, it might stretch us a little bit for a period, but um, they're quite mobile in their forward line. So we think we match up well down there, and um, you know, hopefully with those guys coming back in, we can get some good results. Brendan, appreciate your time, and good luck for the Knights. Thanks for having me, guys. Brendan Laid, assistant coach at the Western Bulldogs. So um, a pretty big week for the leaders by the sound of that. Yeah, I the think so. And repeated it two or three times inside. And and you, you do pull that lever as a coach every every now and then, and, and you put it on the uh, on the on the senior guys who who I actually think have been in in reasonable form. But it's then the reliance on them is so strong. I think at the at the Bulldogs, it's and, and there's there is the talk that it's bond or bust in, mm. in in so many ways, and it has been like that for majority of the year. So the growth underneath is important, and the reliance and structure for the bottom six in their 22 is is equally imp- as important. Friday night footy coming up. It's the Bulldogs and the Tigers. AFL Nation, the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. The new Beaumont Max range starts at 20 bucks. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate. When listing your property, think Elders Real Estate and Tire Power. Four for three on selected Kumo tyres. Friday night footy at Marvel under the closed roof. It's the Western Bulldogs and Richmond. It's eighth versus 11th. The Dogs have a two-point buffer on Richmond. So you'll know if the Tigers win, they skip past the Dogs. If the Dogs win tonight, they'll drop Richmond off with three to play. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. We'll touch base in the Richmond camp soon enough. It's what a glad bag of topics we've had before us this week. You, you, can, you can choose, Jared. We could go, Buddy retires, all-time great. Yep. Himmelberg recommits one of the great signatures that the Giants have been able to land. Port Adelaide's $100,000 penalty for breaching the concussion protocols. A very strange investigation for the squirrel grip, which sees <laughs> Took Miller serve one week. Or the Suns fly to Cinque Terre. <laughs> to sign Damien Hardwick. Well, the one that created the most amusement at our place was uh, flying to Chincohuera because... Uh, Say that again. Yeah, we would like to bo- both be there. And uh, it was it was just an amazing coincidence that uh, you can get to 
chase a coach over in Italy. It was absolutely magnificent. Uh, what a bonus. I mean, clearly the, uh, you know, the urgency is there that you've just got to desperately go over to Italy. To... Did any media jump on the plane as well to, to head over? Sit next to Mark Evans and... Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Where would he have been sitting or she sitting oh. with the media? Oh, would it have to turn, be turn left or right? Yeah, absolutely left. <laughs> there's, really? a, there's a sleep on that one. No, I don't think anyone was overly surprised that uh, that announcement came through. But uh, ultimately, when we put all the you know conspiracy theories behind us, it's a darn good signing for the the, the Suns if uh, Damien Hardwick is uh, ready and hungry and uh, rearing to go. Yeah, so we're just on standby, really, yeah. aren't we, as yeah. to whether Mark Evans is back and at their game on the weekend or whether he's still missing and therefore work still to be done. If he was or home, he would have break. I think you'd have to take a couple of days on the back end of it, I wouldn't you? So. If he was home, would he have supported his captain more by, by appealing the one-game suspension? You'd have to know the machinations in behind this. So I find it all very confusing. But it, aren't we reading this that the AFL told the Gold Coast, take your week, because if you come back to us here, we'll push for three, which is probably a more realistic penalty for a squirrel grip than a week. Mm. Well, unless you are 100% of the belief that you'll beat that, because he's 100% not guilty. So if you believe you can beat the AFL's... Because the AFL, the tribunal is independent of the AFL. So the tribunal can make its own decision based yeah. on whether they believe your evidence that he's not guilty. Where, where was it bound for under conduct unbecoming? Where I'm was not, it bound I'm for? I'm not in sure terms that of... it's bound for the tribunal. Oh, you think there. the MRO handles yeah, the it first? No, it's neither. It's, I think you'd have to get to a. You'd have to almost get to the commission to right. get that heard. It's it's not right. the remit of the once so the if MRO. So it was that bad, then why arms, didn't the AFL step in Monday when the MRO didn't didn't do anything? The AFL so could have strange. stepped in Monday and said, "Hey, Chriso, do you, you know you missed this one, don't you?" But they didn't step in till Thursday. It's it, I, it's straight up double jeopardy. Mm. He got tried for the same crime twice. The first time he got cleared, and the mm. second time he got he got nailed for a week. And it came on a Thursday night. Mm. Do they not read the MRO's findings? Well, they oversee it, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they surely do. they would have said, "Hang on, um, you, you, you're forgetting this one." Or did the umpires not report it? Well, it wasn't reported. And there was, and there was, was in the no conversation. They must and put Brisbane, in a... didn't, Brisbane didn't put in an official complaint. No, but there was a medical report, and the medical report that went to the MRO was all clear. Mm. And then there's a secondary medical report, which goes to the investigation, which speaks of bruising and the like, which is what... So this is double jeopardy. Most of these are done on video. And the video, you could never say it was 100% clear, but it uh, certainly would have... Started an investigation if if yeah, I was running because the show. you'd have one you'd have Dane saying this is the way I see it you've got Took saying this is the way that it played out in in my mind so the video is Dane the was saying factor. not what he how he sees it how he felt, felt it. it sorry <laughs> and there's the Might whole of Dane Zorko <laughs> would the, if the shoe was on the other foot and I'm thinking for another analogy that might be funnier than that but uh, I'll stick with the just shoe on the other foot if it was Zorko grabbing Miller do you think the MRO would have not done anything. I think we all would have been a bit more hot under the collar about it, mm. uh, which would have seen prompter action. Well, Dane's got the plat- the platform to talk about it instantly. Where, Took, I'm not too sure, but I'm not sure he has that that same platform. To, to but everyone's got a platform where they want it. No, I agree with that, but not at the same level. I think if I think it's absolutely right that if Zorko had been the offender, the 
commentary around it would have been far more aggressive mm. and demanded action, and we probably would have seen action, and he would have found himself fronting the tribunal on Tuesday night explaining his actions. So personality penalties. Absolutely. And that was mm-hmm. what made this so weird is it was there before us. It was, it was commented upon, but not to the, not to the full um, firestorm. It was allowed to slide, which I think everybody found confusing, yep. but no more than confusing. And then it seemed there was an investigation after Dean Zorko had his say on the Tuesday morning. And at, so at, SEN Breakfast Queensland yeah. has started this wildfire. How can a radio station interview start that wildfire? That, that shouldn't be the process, should it? Well, not really. And, and Dane Zorko's words have got Tukmila suspended. He hasn't had any sort of fair, open process, has he? All there is is the accusation, and the which vision. has been run through to the end, is, well, you're going you're to be serving a week. But hasn't he protested too little? Uh, yes. Well, well, maybe. But I, I just think in behind the scenes, you're going, well, you can take one or mm. you can yeah. get your three because you're not beating it. There's enough mm. on the video that you're not beating it. So why did Wayne Campbell come out so aggressively? Uh, to defend you the, have to. Uh, yeah, the you, character your captain has been besmirched. But equally, you're not going, you're not going, and we're going to fight this yeah. in the highest court yeah. in the land either. So I think that's your, that's your Bob each way, isn't it? Well, we're I think yeah, everybody right was happy things, with one, one week in the end. Let's just make this thing go away. You've mm. got a couple of week. Uh, Dane, you happy with that? Yeah, the week will do me. Uh, Wayne, are you happy? Yes, but I'm going to put out a, a statement that's uh, forthright and defending our man. Um, and, and it'll go away, but uh, not completely for Took. Well, does it never goes away for, for Took. He had asked it for your entire life. Oh, so that's you've it. It's been, on his you've record. Been, you've One been, game. You've been reported? Yeah, yep. what for? Oh, yeah. Not, not a great discussion point, is it? But I don't think there's... And this is the whole curiosity of it. I don't think there's this huge push as, well, you did the wrong thing. That was a dirty act. We're going to remember that on you forever. It's more, this has just been weird. It's a bizarre process that was gone through and I think a flawed process. And it was really only the victim's capacity to have a regular spot on radio that saw it go anywhere. So I actually don't think took wears much except that he's missing from a really important game. But it's unfair to blame the victim too, isn't it? Dane Zorka. It's unfair to blame. He was the one who was grabbed. And he was the one who I don't think was looked after by the AFL's process to, to the point that he would be satisfied. I think if the, if the MRO came out and put a liner, we've investigated the... Well, we've had a look at the vision and we think there's no case to answer all, all an accident, then maybe, you know, Dane doesn't go on because at least the MRO's looked at it and given us a finding. Yeah. It, it should have been referred to the tribunal as an open... I'm not grading this, mm. but there's clearly an issue that needs to be heard. It should have gone to the tribunal mm. on Tuesday night. John, yep. take me through the technicalities of this, because I don't think anybody believes to deliberately squirreled. It's more in the lingering nature. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's listening to to the ex-players talk about it this week, and I've never been in that situation myself personally, so I can't talk about it, but when they've said that that, that element around you, they laid the tackle... You find yourself in, in the position that you are. The immediate release is, is normally there. The old squirrel grip is something from the 70s and 80s that... Uh, yeah, but it was, the old squirrel you know, grip was just deliberate yes. and not in a tackling. No. It, was, it was more uh, the, the fullback just uh, so, reaching back and, and uh, grabbing the net Yeah, reach. that's it. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's been the aspect of it that, that I grew up in and, and will certainly believe, believe in, that if you did enter that 
area of the body that you're released instantly. Pretty much as simple as that. Mm. Yeah. And so any anything short of that is worthy of action. It's worthy it's of not action. not to say that it wasn't intentional. But no, but it's just worthy of, you know, no, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. And that should have been enough to see it go to an open hearing on the Tuesday night. Mm. And he might have got the benefit of the doubt there. He may very too. well have. And, but we would have all heard it. Yeah. Both of them would have got to have their say, which yeah. gets you past any besmirching of character. This is what I felt and think. This is what... And then it goes to two former players and a lawyer to decide whether this is... Um, whether this is a, a suspension mm. or not. Instead, we've got this really odd process where it's unclear who decided what, and it it just feels like a bit of dealing. Last um, negotiated. That's the last Q class we get on Fox for a while. Then obviously Channel Seven will be putting <laughs> their hand up for the first one next year. <laughs> uh, very good. All right, so we're into our discussion from the week. We're going to touch base with Richmond in a uh, in a few moments' time as well. Have we this got is time the... just to explore that, Jared. Which bit? Well, the bit that. Wayne said about the Q clash. I mean, on the back of this, it's got history. And if you go back to the showdown, sorry, the, the Western Derby, that now people just call the Derby, uh, and I'm not talking about the one that no one knows about the Derby, but the, the, the true Derby, it started with the biggest stink of all time. Yeah. I mean, Phil mm. Reed got into it with, uh, you know, some, of the, some big names, some lesser names, but each and every time we do the Derby, that comes up. So it, it will build the history of mm. the Q clash, which I think it's an unfortunate set of circumstances upon which to build. But the fact that these two clubs are now, you know, both entering the cycle, they should be playing finals. The Q clash, hopefully, will continue to build. And it's a, it's a standalone game. And, the, you know, we should be promoting these standalone games just like we should be promoting the Battle of the Bridge on a Thursday, not a secondary game to... Port Adelaide and Geelong. I mean, it just beggars belief that the AFL can't see this. We'll come back through the, the Sydney side of things sure. shortly. But, yeah, next year, Damien Hardwick will be coaching the Suns and Chris <laughs> Fagan the Lions and schedule them early. Mm. And, these, yeah, it's the promotion of it plays a big role. The ill will that might still linger as a result of it. And away you go. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. The new Beaumont Max range starts at 20 bucks. It's the Western Bulldogs and Richmond to begin round 21 of this AFL season. AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and for Tire Power, four for three on selected Kumo tyres. At the Port Adelaide, penalty came back at $100,000, half inside the football cap, half outside for the failure to meet the concussion protocols. How did you, how did you feel as all of this unfolded, Jared Healy? Uh, look, I, I thought, uh, I mean, clearly the doc made a mistake. He's... Uh, there was no walking away from that, and uh, they accepted that. Um, there was a hue and cry at the time, which, uh, you know, is, is was always going to happen. But, I mean, he didn't deliberately make that mistake, and I think that's uh, a point that a lot of people tried to make for him through the journey. But it was a mistake, and uh, it was a significant mistake. So the AFL had to hand down some sort of uh, penalty that probably established uh, in the wider community, that this is a no-go zone and uh, more care needs to be taken. And he would uh, he would re- regret it significantly. But at the same time, the AFL need to... I mean, it's a very difficult job. And uh, Peter Brookner wrote a really interesting comment during the year... Uh, sorry, during the week, just highlighting, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the penalties that these doctors actually take on to their family and to their... Uh, their own financial benefit. They're one of the few people in this game that aren't getting paid. The big dollars. They're getting paid. 
but they they sacrifice. So we've just got to not make make sure that we don't uh, turn these guys into demons for a mistake over a thirty year career. Is it a, <clears throat> an adequate deterrent for you, Jono? Yeah, I, I did the game, and what, when when it happened, I was surprised that. The, the decision was made to, to allow Ali yeah. to come back on, only, only based on the vision. So we didn't have any facts or anything like that. So in the moment, we're like, okay, well, we don't have the facts behind it. We're not talking to Aaliyah. We're not, we're not a part of any of that. But based on the vision, we were just surprised that he was, yeah. he was one that did come on back on the ground so quickly with Jones obviously going down to, um, you know, go through the, the proper protocols that are, that are expected. So it was more just around the vision we were looking at and the same vision the docs would have looked at and the decision that was that was made to allow Aaliyah back onto the ground when clearly in the, in an instant, it was only a split second, the way he hit the ground and his body went down, that um, he was either out or or not not with it for that particular point. It seemed to be a breakdown in process. I mean, the yep. AFL have got a doctor in the hub. Um, how he was let back on is, is a, a clear breakdown. You just question how much of the vision that um, the Port Adelaide doctor saw because based on that that would have been enough and you, you just get the feeling that maybe he spoke to him and not all cushions are alike some people can get knocked that's out right. get off the ground you're 100 <clears throat> agree and, and i've got no doubt that's what he was and so he made his decision on that and uh, elected or neglected to c- consider the vision significantly enough and the, and the person in the hub who works for the afl they should have been reminding him and and knocking it on the head well ask chris davies the head of footy today at port what the process is, and he said that the doctor in the hub or the person assigned in the hub puts a note on the screen for the Port Adelaide Club doctor to look at this vision, and that's what the doctor checks. And once that's been done, then there's no secondary follow-up from the AFL appointee in the hub to say, hang on, what about just doing the scat? None of that happens. I asked Chris Davies, as the overseer of the football department, whether he would say... Look, do you want to double check that vision mm. again for me, or how about we put him in the scat anyway? Just to, but that, that's not the process either. So the process is fairly detailed from what Chris Davies told me today that they have to tick the boxes to make sure that the doctor has seen the vision. Once he's seen the vision and he makes a decision, there's no worrying about questioning it or or double checking it. It's been seen. Okay, we'll move on. So whether the AFL in and- time have independent umpires, uh, sorry, doctors. Because sometimes we've all been in a situation where a doctor's told us something and we trust our doctor and we think they're the greatest doctor of all time, but you might still get a second opinion. So if you had a, an independent doctor, at least you might get two having a look and having a second opinion. I think theoretically that's probably fair comment, but I'm a bit with Brad Scott. I think that the club doctor are there. I mean, this is once in how long are we... Yeah, and no, I agree with that. I don't sensitive. think we need a second doctor either, but I... I mean, the amount I, of money you'd spend yeah. on a second doctor would yeah. be extraordinary for, you know, one decision a year. Mm. But it might have been a good solution to this one if you had one yeah. with a second opinion. Yeah, I suspect the failure of this system will rectify it for... in probably all instances yeah. from here on. Most clubs mm. I spoke to during the week are just so sensitive around it that mm. the player goes into the scat, whether anybody, you know, is at the slightest glimpse of it... Um, and I think that will get even more... Yep. That'll get tighter and tighter. Players will come out of the scat, mm. not concussed, because they'll have been sent into it on so little. Yep. Would Jeremy Cameron have had a scat done by the club this week after the incident in the hotel? I don't know. You'd have to know more about the... Mm. You'd have to know more about the nature of it. But, yeah, but probably. Mm. Just mm. to... You'd have to be certain that there's 
there's no concussion. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So um, when that was in relation to what happened mm. uh, is probably a little less clear. Uh, the Himmelberg contract, Jared. I thought it was the best signing of the year for in football in general. Um, there's there's going to be bigger name players either sign or, or go, but uh, Harry's a significant player. He's he's not all Australian yet. He could get there if his if his best becomes his, his best becomes his average. But the, it was more a symbolic, uh, not a gesture, but a, a, sim, a symbolic signing that said the Giants are, have recovered really quickly. That there's no exit. This is a happy club. There's a buzz around the club, and I spoke to a couple of senior people up there during the week, and there's no question that uh, Adam Kingsley has turned that place around mm. in the space of six months. They are all on board with him. He walked in and said, this is how we're going to play, and everybody's on board, and to get him to sign when he was uh, being courted uh, by extensively by a few was, I think, a, a fantastic validation of what Kingsley has done. And uh, I think they're well and truly on the path to a real crack at a flag. Yeah, I think two significant changes this year. One, Adam Kingsley, two, Toby Green and taking over. And, mm. and the strength of character that both that both seem to have, don't know, don't know them, but just watching from, from the outside and, and the seriousness at which they, they approach it. But then also, you know, Toby will bring the group in for a bit of, uh, bit of fun and love as well along, along the way. I think those two significant um, decisions from GWS has had a huge impact on the playing group. Mm. And Himmelberg falls into that, so that's that's a huge signing, six-year deal. It's the week of six years, isn't it? When you've got Nick and Josh as well from the, from the Pie signing for the same amount of time. Does it mean that uh, now that they're genuinely in the finals campaign, that Phil Davis misses out on a farewell game? I saw him on the boundary Ooh. line last week at halftime, and it wasn't a pleasant time for the Giants at halftime last week. And I just, cons- I just thought about him. I thought, what a fantastic servant this guy has been. I mean, he was paid well to go there as a young bloke, but uh, he has been a giant through and through. And he deserves a farewell game, but it's, it's going to be tough to find well, that one for him. Got a great the- core of their 200 club now. No. Cornelio won 96 games. Whitfield, 202 games. Callum Wards plays 200 games as a giant, 288 all up, obviously. Haynes plays his 200th tomorrow night. Kelly's 191 games. So they've got a really good um, and Toby Green, that I mentioned him? Uh, 208. So they've got a really good core of 200 club players. Himmelberg's 145. So yeah, they've done well to retain that many good players. This yeah. is the team that lost Hopper and Taranto. Oh, they've lost some stars over recent yeah. over recent years. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about that. Even outside Cameron. and, and, and yeah, Shield Yeah, I'm just talking about yeah. Kingsley took over a team that yeah. finished yes. what, 14th, 15th last year and they just lost Taranto and Hopper. So there you go. And to answer your question about Phil Dafer's probably, probably, which is a bit unfortunate because they played the Power, the Bombers and the Blues and it's yeah. just going to be rolling yeah. out the year best 22. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't have a game in there to allow Phil Davis to come in and probably have a farewell. And I love the way you framed it, Jared. It sounds like an espionage thriller, the Himmelberg contract. Oh, <laughs> I love the way you framed it. Well, they've got a burger up there named after him. Have they? Really? The Himmelberg. The Himmelberg. It's on What's sale. in the Himmelberg? It's on sale What's in it? at the, at the uh, Clash. What's in the, the Himmelberg? The really? Yeah. I it, like that. That's double great marketing. Oh, it'd be double something. No. Wouldn't it? Double patty, no double bacon, Jared. The all-new Hyundai oh. Kona is here bigger and bolder. Book a test drive today. Visit hyundai.com.au or your local <laughs> showroom. We're inside the Tigers camp next. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate. When listing your property, think Elders Real Estate and Tire Power. 
four for three on selected Kumo tyres. Welcome back to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and for Toyo, your, uh, for Tyre Power, your tyre experts. Jared Whaley, Dwayne Russell, Jared Healy and Brad Johnson with you tonight. Friday night footy is the Western Bulldogs and Richmond. Uh, there is a late change to the Tigers lineup. Dylan Grimes is out. So Trent Cochin, Dustin Martin out now, Dylan Grimes all out. So we'll find out a little bit more about that in a moment. It means Sam Banks is into the side. And Ryan Mansell is the sub. The dogs are unchanged. And Arthur Jones is the sub there. Uh, Let's head downstairs. David Teague is with us from the Richmond coaching staff. David, great to have you with us on AFL Nation. Uh, My pleasure. What can you tell us about Dylan Grimes? Yeah, poor Dill. He woke up this morning and uh, he, he had a pain going through. He's had a bit of a sore neck, but he had a pain going through. Through his neck and down his arm, so um, I'm not sure of the exact uh, details of it, but that's the reason he's out. So it leaves you with a, a glut of experience missing, doesn't it, Cochin, Martin and Grimes? There was a bit of a gag in the rooms that uh, Jack Rewalt's four years older than any other player in the team tonight, <laughs> so uh, that went down with, well with Jack. It does make it a big challenge, though, doesn't it? Oh, it does, but right now, like Sam Banks has played quite well the last few weeks and he's missed out and uh, he comes back into the side. So uh, we still think we've got a team that can uh, play really good football and against a team like the Bulldogs, uh, we need to make sure that uh, we need 18 players on the field co- contributing. And so that's going to be the biggest one for us. It's going to be a real team effort. We're not going to be relying on, on one or two. We need everyone to play their roles really well. You would have watched last week uh, with a Bont dominating early and then uh, Callum Ward going onto him and putting uh, the clamps onto him. We assume that you're going to do the same thing. Are we assuming right or wrong? <laughs> uh, you're probably wrong. Um, look, we'll be aware of him. Um, we probably haven't naturally tagged in the past, but they've got a couple of players. Um, Liberatore, obviously, at the source around the stoppages is very good. And yep. then Bontempelli is probably more. He's good there as well, but he's probably more outside. So um, we'll make sure that we'll be accountable. Um, we probably won't send anyone directly just to run everywhere with him early, but um, it is something that we have prepared for it if we need to go there. Tiggy, last week's game, it was, well, it was great to watch from a spectator's point of view, but how do you see yourselves now in terms of just that gap between yourselves and a genuine top four team like Melbourne? Yeah, look, it was. They, they played really well, and uh, they're probably, in terms of the teams we've played lately, they've been the best. Um, oh, look, we felt we, we, we matched them in a lot of areas for, for three quarters. Probably our biggest struggle at the moment is, is getting the ball inside 50. We're, we've been, uh, we've, we've sort of switched around. We struggled to score. We got it in there a lot early in the end. We struggled to score. Now we're scoring really well, but we're just not getting it in there enough. Our ball movement out of the back half from an offensive point of view is is probably in the area that's dropped away the most. So hopefully today you'll see when the ball goes in our back half, you'll see plenty of speed. We want to get speed into this game and, and get the ball out of there nice and quickly. How are you going to use the two ruckmen? Um, yeah, one will ruck, one will play forward. Um, we'll probably go even split depending on how they're going. Yep. Um, Tim English runs pretty well, so we want to test him out the other way as well. We want our boys to push hard forward and, and make him accountable because he gets behind the ball really well. But um, they'll both play ruck and forward, and depending on how they're going in each role, will depend on uh, if we wait it one way or the other. T, I'm excited actually to see Matty Coulthard get a full run at it tonight. What are your expectations on the young man? 
Yeah, it is exciting. Like, he hasn't been here that long, but he's picked up things so well. What we love is he's natural. He's got natural football now, which um, makes it easy as a coach. Um, he's running patterns that uh, he's probably not used to within within two or three weeks, where there's other guys in your system for, for two years and they, they struggle to pick it up as quick as he has. So um, we're really excited. He is an elite runner. He's got speed. So tonight we'll, we want his speed, particularly on the outside get up and down the ground but um yeah his gps numbers at vfl level suggest he should be able to handle a full game um probably challenge is going to be physically when he's come on fresh he's looked really lively it, now he's going to have to do it for four quarters but we think he can have you been pleased with with jack ross teague because he's, he's held a really strong patch of form recently yeah he has he has he's uh He's probably been an interesting one. He's been in and out. I know our fans have had a lot of hopes on him, but he's probably playing his most consistent footy. There's, there's a couple of little areas. He, he's very good at winning the ball. He's probably winning in the back half. We'd love him to squeeze forward and win a bit more of front of centre because his ball used to go on inside 50s. He's probably one of our better ones at the club. So um, we'd lo- ideally love him to get forward. But, no, he's just growing each week. Um, he gets involved in our offence. He's getting back to support our defence. And when you've got someone like Cameron McIntosh on the other side to, to learn from and uh, the way he plays his role for the team, I think he's, he's got a great role model right in front of him. Can you take us into a short break, Teague? Because what, what what kind of work can you actually really get into the to the playing group coming off a, a five day? Yeah, not a lot. Um, it's very much around the recovery early on. We we trained, uh, so they had uh, where did we play Sunday? Had Monday off. Tuesday we got them in and did some light skills. Got the bodies moving. Um, most of that was indoors. Uh, trained then on Wednesday with our main session, which was. It was 20 minutes of drill time. You're probably out in the Oval for about an hour, but it's 20 minutes of actual drill time compared to normally 30, 35. So um, you don't get a lot into them, and, and even the drills you do, it's a lot about recovery, get ready, make sure you're sharp. You still want to uh, touch the balls a fair bit. You also want to you open your body up and get some speed into training at times as well. So that was our week. Trained to then again yesterday, captain's run, which was pretty light, and then uh, here today. When you look at the Bulldogs, we've got a couple of uh, serious players who get the ball going, particularly Bailey Dale. Ed Richards, uh, uh, when he has been out there, has been uh, in terrific form. Do you, do you focus much on them or are you focusing more on exploiting them? Oh, look, you, you do. You put time and effort into them. Probably you break it down a little bit more into the lines. The Fords have, have touched on uh, limiting their damage. Obviously, their ball use. Caleb Daniel is another one that gets back there and uses the ball really well. So um, Bulldogs aren't one to kick it to a contest. So it's more around our team defence. Um, yeah. They'll give them run and drive. But if we can take their options away and give our chance for our forwards to pressure and tackle it with the likes of Matty Coulthard and when Ryan Mansell comes on, they'll bring, bring real pressure on them. And that's that's probably going to be our game. If, if we don't get pressure on them today, we're going to find it really hard. But... If we can get pressure, force them to kick the contest, we feel it plays into our hands, and then we'll try and exploit them on the uh, turnover and, and get the ball into our forwards nice and quickly one-on-one. Tiggy, big couple of weeks here at, at Marvel. Is it is it gone now where you will request to come and maybe do a captain's run here or the forwards would want to come and do a goal-kicking session and, and things like that? Is is that something that's still looked at internally from, from your club? Oh, look, you do discuss things like that. Obviously, this week was pretty short week, so yep. we were keen to get them in and out of the club pretty quickly but um, yeah you do look at opportunities like that but uh, I have to admit it hasn't been mentioned uh, in the coaches box I'm not sure if uh, Minnie and uh, Tim Livingston have, have talked about it but uh, our boys don't mind we, when we talk to the players they enjoy playing here uh, I know there was a bit of commentary a couple of years ago but we haven't played our best footy that's the biggest challenge it's a smaller ground it's a more of a contested ground and 
Um, I know particularly at MCG, the wide spaces and the run, Richmond have really enjoyed, but we like a contest as well. And against the Bulldogs and, and then Saints next week, there's, there's some really good teams that you've got to, got to uh, roll your sleeves up. And with guys like Tim Trano, Jacob Hocker, we feel damn impressive. We feel we're capable in those areas. David, thanks for your time and good luck for what lies ahead. No, not a problem, gentlemen. Hope you have a good call. Good on you. David T down in the Richmond camp with that news that Dylan Grimes is out of the team, so missing Cochin, Martin and Grimes tonight. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here, bigger and bolder. Book a test drive today. Visit hyundai.com.au or your local showroom. It uh, Every week, just uh, over the last few weeks, reminds us how much of a marathon this is. I mean, you can get some game up and then all of a sudden you lose a couple of key players. Down at Geelong, Tom Hawkins is out and Blitzarves is out with uh, three-week hamstrings just as they were starting to get their game going. They drop again to Fremantle and it's it's uh, we all make big predictions at the start and uh, big predictions every week, but you just cannot get away from the fact you've got to stay healthy for six months. Yeah, absolutely. I actually find it fascinating too in regards to clubs will go and try and do a captain's run at Geelong, for yep. example, or they'll go into state and make sure they do their captain's run on venues there. Yet, the two venues where they probably play most often here in Melbourne, they don't get the opportunity to, to have a captain's run on them. I'm not sure with the opposition whether an interstate team gets a captain's run on Marvel or, or Is the Is it true MCG, the Bulldogs find... trained here last night? Yeah, I think that's well, right. Well, that, that's great. I, I, had, I was not aware of that. Yeah. And I think, it's, I think it's fantastic that they, if they did get that opportunity to be able to, to do that as a, as a home team. Because, you know, my understanding was the two, the two decks you, you weren't yeah. able really to get on. And reconfirm your point. So Port Adelaide two withdrawals today as well. Kane Farrell and Charlie Dixon yep. laid out of their team, so they've lost a Lear, obviously, mm. and Lockie Jones, and now those two. So you're right. It is a who was in was Ollie Lord in? Ollie Lord is Good. in where his grandfather played. So that'll be a nice story. Our major partner is the TAC Drink Driving. Chances are you'll be caught TAC. We'll run you through the rest of the round shortly as we count down to the opening siren. Still 40 minutes away from Friday night footy, the Western Bulldogs and Richmond. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. The new Beaumont Max range starts at 20 bucks. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. We might uh, rattle through a few of the other topics of the week. It, so Caroline Wilson's story tonight, Brendan Gale's not going to the AFL. He's going to stay another year at Richmond and then that potentially means he's the chief executive of Tasmania. Okay. Uh, which is a great result for the future. Mm. It feels like it's a poor result for headquarters who could have really used him in the moment. Yeah, I think that uh, they have been banking on that for a fair period of time. Let's hope there is a job down in Tasmania for him to take over and that will be decided by their parliament over the uh, ensuing months. But uh, it doesn't surprise. I mean, Brendan Gale, I think, uh, has been courted for a long time now and uh, the, the, the story had been getting out that he wasn't going to take the job over the last couple of weeks. So it was only really a matter of the official announcement being made, which then puts half a dozen others in the frame. Um, you know, you can rattle off a fair few names, but Tom Harley, I think, is being courted potentially for that position. Um, I think uh, the, um, the... The guy from Port Adelaide, what's his name, David? Chris Davies. Chris Davies, Chris Davies. Been... I think this is a really, there's a really interesting distinction now between... So, Brendan was going to be the 2IC. Almost a COO. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But the other job is the EGM of footy, yeah. which is not as high a level. And I, I, you could make the argument that it's not necessarily a step up from a club chief executive. Yeah. It's certainly a step up from the GM of footy at a club. But whether that actually appeals to Harley... Garlic and Baines, who are the three who have been linked to it. I'm not sure that it will. 
No, I don't think it would. I mean, I think that uh, the club CEO is a significant uh, level above the head of football at the AFL because um, you're still answerable to whoever's going to be, the, you know, the next level up. And unless they're going to eradicate that position altogether, mm. uh, so they've, you know, they're a bit, uh, they're in a bit of a mess. Is probably too strong a word, but we've gone through the whole footy season without an official head of football, and uh, now we've missed the opportunity to get the person that they had uh, linked as their number one target. There's been a talent drain from the executive, yep. which the, the hope was that Brendan would... Yep. Because you couldn't make the case they were any less talented if Brendan stepped in. But now they... they I just think Andrew Dillon's got a bit of a task now to put together his executive um, with that development. But if so Franklin, what's the time frame around it now? Is there, uh, is there none now because the season's coming to a close and it's just been... It is what it is throughout yeah. this entire season now? But it's a 12-month-a-year job. Of course it is. Like it's a, we've the season rolls months. on. We've yeah, waited 10 months that. now. I mean, it's, it's, it's beginning and bordering on the ridiculous. Yeah. So I think there'll be a head of footy soon enough, but it's the next one up. And, and it's one down from the Brendan Gale that that might be a bit tricky to a bit trickier to fill. Okay. Um, the Brent, the Buddy Franklin retirement, Jono. Oh, what do you think? Oh, look, it's 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 a it's a shame. It's finishing on on an injury um, in in some ways, but I think we we sort of all understood, and I, and I'm sort of wrapped in a way that he is finishing as a Sydney player, not going on for that one more year. Look, I have sat there and said, look, I would never stop a player from making the decision to, to go on if they've got a pure just love for footy. And yep. I'm big on that because if they've got a love for the game and just want to be involved in it, go, go for your life. Um, but when you get to that specific point like Buddy has uh, now, he finishes it as a, um, as a, as a two-club player, champion of both. Well done. What an unbelievable career. What, what he has done for the game and us as spectators, opponents and spectators yep. has been phenomenal. And, you know, we all go back to last year and what we all witnessed... At the SCG yep. is, is something you were there live, I, I think, Jared, yep. which is unbelievable. Um, you know, to, to to live that and and live it in person. That was a big night. Jared and I and uh, Hutto were there. We yep. called it, and it was it was it was almost like a, a, a story. There was chapters. I mean, he had to kick four. <laughs> he couldn't get near it. Then he uh, had to come off the ground. And, he came off the ground twice and kicked goals. I mean, it was almost like that was the way to get him across the line and. And then uh, the fateful moment when Chad Warner came out and uh, put it on his chest, and uh, then it was the cavalcade. And I'm glad was... he kicked it because there was yeah. there was five thousand on the ground during yep. his during his run up. Yep, <laughs> it was a, it was an extraordinary player. He'll never be replaced. Like like all of those guys, mm. they never replace. They never replace. Let's hope somebody though comes along that can uh, generate some sort of level of excitement uh, what, that he has. What is next for the Sydney Swans? And I suppose that's where my thinking starts to go to because. Plugger Lockett, Barry Hall, yep. Lance Franklin. What's their thought process? I know they're built from what, within. I, what, I get Warwick that. will be disappointed if you don't <laughs> I'm sorry, it. Warwick to start it. Yes. How could I miss the, the great man? So that's what I – they're building within and they've got some yep. great talent from, from Sydney-based players as well that they've been able to, you know, produce and nurture and the stars of their team. But they still need that one big carrot. I think, and it's I, I where don't. they go fishing for that. I don't think they need the big carrot. You don't? No. I think, I think okay. the game... You think they're past that now oh, as, a, as a club? I think they're well past it. I think the game's past it. I mean, we haven't got mm. a 100 goal kicker anymore. And when we were, when we were a, a massive club, you know, in the 80s uh, and the 90s and the 2000s, you, you know, you've gone through a, a capper who was, 
you know, he was he was Hollywood, but he kicked 100 goals, in, I think, in one year. And then yeah. Plugger, who was one of the all-time greats, he was one of the iconic full forwards. Barry Hall was a step down, but still iconic. Um, and then Buddy comes along, who's, you know, he's transitioned that from the iconic full forward to this incredible talent that uh, started off as an iconic full forward, then he just became an iconic forward. And the game's now transitioned to no one's kicking 100 goals anymore, even though the game is opening up. No one's kicking 100 goals, but it'll be, it'll be I think, now just exciting football. That's what you've got to drag through. And Heaney's mm. got to become the player and Papley and collectively they've Logan got Logan McDonald. Logan McDonald. I mean, you're going to get another star that's, a you know, a forward. But to think somebody's going to come on and, and kick the amount of goals or even go close to, to Buddy Franklin or Tom Hawkins, who's one of the others that has transitioned through that period from the... from the When he started, he was a full forward. Now he's, he's, uh, he's just another unbelievable tall forward that uh, can go into the ruck and you know the, the position has changed so I think the Swans if they just if they just continue to be a competitive club they've got a really loyal brand they've got full membership there it's they just got to play exciting footy the battle for the bridge seemed like a pretty nimble solution to actually give the the Giants Swans game its identity back yeah it's something to market something to push and I thought the, the best point you made uh, in a stirring editorial was th- this game should be the biggest fixture in Sydney for the year on an yep. AFL front. And it, it is stacked. They've got great history. They're fighting with each other for a place in the eight. Yep. Um, instead, you've got to have a two-screen strategy tomorrow night to watch it. Yep. And... It doesn't feel like there's been this huge push that this is the game of the year in the Harper City. No, the the, the AFL have uh, dropped the ball in other areas, but the, I think the Swans have got this one wrong. Um, I've spoken to both the former CEO, sorry, the former chairman in Richard Collis, who's a, a good friend of mine, and uh, Andrew Pridham, who I know pretty well, and uh, I think they're both men have done unbelievable jobs for their club. But on this particular point, I think they've blinded and. The original push came from Sheeds, um, and he wanted to, you know, establish just a rivalry. And the rivalry was East versus West, and uh, the battle of the bridge was the battle of the Anzac Day Bridge. It had nothing to do with the Harbour Bridge, but I guarantee you if you asked everybody in this uh, stadium here, they would have all thought it was a battle for the Sydney Harbour Bridge. So instead of naming it the Battle of the Bridge, it should be, in my view, battle for the Sydney Harbour Bridge. That's the trophy. Mm. It's up for grabs twice a year. Whoever wins... It's the best backdrop in, in the... One of the best backdrops in the world. Unbelievable. <laughs> and yet, uh, you know, I think, you know, we played the vision, the audio of Tom Harley talking to Gary Lyon. He said, what's it called again? Is it the Battle of the Bridge? And he's not. No, it's a derby. Derby. And, uh, you know, it really I'll be calling fun. a Battle of the Bridge tomorrow night, Jared. I won't be going with yes. derby as much, so... No, uh, and I'm disappointed. It has no shtick, Dwayne. It doesn't. It has no I'm, glamour. I'm with you, but I've listened to you for 20-odd years talk about, you know, the development of football in Sydney, so I'm with you on that. It's also got the most watchable player, yeah. arguably the other rock star in the game left now that Lance has retired, Toby Green, playing in the game. It's got... I hope these two... Look, there's a chance they'll meet in the finals. It could be 6v8 in the finals yeah. anyway, uh, the Giants and the Sydney Swans, which would be an interesting test for the AFL as to where you'd schedule it. If it was, because I'm not sure if ANZ Stadium's available or whether they'd make the Giants play an away game at the SCG mm. even. But uh, it's got so much to love about yep. it. There's some superstars playing this game. Yep. And it should be known. I mean, it could even just be known as the battle. Well, but uh, there's a divide with the bridge. That's that's the thing. You know, mm. you, you win it, the oppo yeah. aren't crossing over. That It's got that 
So they, they came from what, four it. goals down, kicked the last four goals of the game to win it at the SCG, the Giants, earlier this year. Yep. So the marketability of this game yep. is yep. a lot bigger. But you're yep. right, they've got the game at the Cattery between... Well, that's another blind spot up against it. This blind spot on Thursday night football is... It's, mm. just, it's just staggering that the AFL have... You know, they've come a long way. But why pull up in round 18? But does I mean, Seven want it? Would Seven want Sydney well, and the Giants on a, on a Friday night or a Thursday night because it's not a, it doesn't involve a Melbourne market as much? Or that's the hard I don't, part. I don't know the answer to that, but uh, when you, when you uh, are negotiating these rights, you just make demands that this is what it needs to be done because we need to grow the game. And th- this, is the, this is the number one facility to grow the game in Sydney, the battle for the bridge because we've got the Giants who need every bit of... Uh, mm exposure they can get, and so too to the Swans. I mean, Buddy Franklin, their number one promotable asset has just uh, left the building, unfortunately. So this is a game-wide promotion that just needs to happen at well, some stage. The Gold Coast will get a Friday night game against Richmond next year, won't they? With Damien Harbour coaching them. Yeah, oh, I like the perverse uh, that it should be here at Marvel. They should drag <laughs> yeah, they Damien should, Harbour yeah. here <laughs> <laughs> to make them play. <laughs> that came through. Mark Collins of comedian Jared Wiley. <laughs> Not my material, that one, but that was a good one. Yes, is that, that'll be early in the season mm. and that'll be built up to the hilt. Uh, the other thing that needs to be sorted out is themed rounds are great, but we've got to all be in on, on them. Like it's retro round for the dogs tonight. The, the, we've had a couple of retro rounds. They're brilliant when you roll out all the old merchandise. Mm. It's ruck round on Fox. We all need to come together and do one themed round and do it universally. Would you take a pay cut and do the head of footy roll at the AFL, Jared, or would that be too big a cut and pay for you? Uh, he'd be at the mercy of the arc. That would drive me mad. <laughs> this is AFL Nation, the pregame show for Vanished. Beaumont Tiles. The new Beaumont Max range starts at 20 bucks.